I V M. India is a land of great diversity. Diversity of language, religion, customs, incomes, and opinions. It turns out that India is also a land of great human genomic diversity, and this has intriguing consequences. Dr. Thangaraj joins us on this episode of the Pragati Podcast to tell us all about genes, Indian populations, and health challenges. Welcome to the Pragati Podcast, a weekly talk show on public policy, economics, and international relations. We are your hosts, Hamsini Hariharan and Pawan Shrinath. Joining me as a guest host today is Dr. Shambhavi Nayak. fellow at the takshashila institution dr tangaraj is a renowned scientist working at the center for cellular and molecular biology ccmb in hyderabad he has published extensively on the origin of humans on genetics and disease and how they affect the lives of indians he has a host of publications in top journals like nature and science and is at the cutting edge of his field not just in india but in the world we'll be back with doctors tangaraj and nayak after this short break You know what it's been? It's been another awesome week on IVM. If you aren't following us on social media, make sure you are. We're IVM Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. On Cyrus says this week we have comedian Adar Malik. Adar also hosts a show for called Sunlogy Sunlogy. You should check that out as well. But on Cyrus he talks about everything from theater, family heritage, and sings a comedy song. On IVM Like Sharanya and May are back to join the gang to talk about their favorite subject, rom coms. On the Pragati podcast, Pawan and Hamsin discuss how and why the fall in the Indian rupee is connected with developments in Turkey with co-founder and fellow at the Takshashila Institution, Narayan Ramchandran. Last week we released the final episode of the Kolaba Cartel where we spoke to other members from the Misti team along with the five cartel members about how things have turned out after the launch of the restaurant. On Pesa Vesa, Anupam talks to Deepak Shinoy on the business of life in a one-hour episode. Whatever may be your profession, you definitely don't want to miss this episode. On the Kinetic Living podcast, Coach Urmi talks to Kanish Surka. Kanish shares her thoughts about her fitness motivation and more. And with that, let's continue on with your show. Welcome back. Hi, Dr. Thangaraj. It's a pleasure to have you on the Pragati podcast. Hello. Yeah. Thank you very much for inviting me to speak here. Uh, and Shambhavi, welcome back. So, Dr. Thangaraj, you just uh, today morning gave an excellent talk at Takshashila about your work on the history of. humanity as uh, unfolded by genetics not just by archaeology and anthropology and other disciplines it's uh, we are in an age where uh, genetics is able to give us more information and advance the our understanding of history even before writing and so on and we also find that the same history is also linked to our current human health and disease so if i can ask the first question How long ago did uh, humans come to India, and how did we find out about it? So the human, modern human, originated in Africa about 160 to 200 thousand years ago, and they started migrating out of Africa. Our work on Andamanis actually defined that uh, the modern human must have arrived Indian subcontinent around 65 to 70 thousand years ago. Does this make the uh, Andamanese population one of the oldest discovered outside Africa? Uh, yes. After that, people have also studied uh, Australian Aboriginals. Okay. But they are not pure; they are all admixed. The pure population who migrated out of Africa are the Andamanese. 
and that's because of the quirk of geography right andamanis have sort of yes. remained as an isolated community yes they, yes they remained in isolation for last several thousands of years so that makes them as one of the very unique populations very unmixed unique populations still they carry their own uh, genome could you tell us a little bit about the science of how you can tell that they were they came to andamans about 70000 years ago so we used to use several uh, type of markers one is the markers which are inherited maternally that's the mitochondrial dna marker okay other one is inherited paternally that's okay. a y chromosome and there are also marker which inherits uh, by both the parents it's a autosomal markers so using the uniparently inherited markers like mitochondrial markers and y chromosome markers one can trace back the maternal and paternal lineages uh by also looking at the mutations in the mitochondrial dna one can calculate the age of the population okay since uh, the andamanis are in isolation for the last several thousands of years they acquired unique set of mutations so those mutations have helped us in calculating the age of the populations that turn out to be 65000 to 70000 years the mitochondrial dna are little circular pieces of dna right they're not there in the nucleus so they don't come from both the mother and the father right yeah in a cell we have nuclear genome in a somatic cell that means that the any part of the body if you take a cell uh it consists of nucleus that means within the nucleus there are 46 chromosomes right of that 23 we inherit from the mother 23 we inherit from the father whereas the mitochondria in a given cell there will be large number of mitochondria and each mitochondria there will be a large number of mitochondrial dna they are all inherited only through the mother because only the egg mitochondria remains there the sperm mitochondria remains outside at the time of fertilization so there is no paternal contribution of mitochondria so that way we can trace it back generation on generation yes. without this cross fertilization yes right? yes Okay. So uh, Dr. Thangaraj, if I may just ask, what are different sources of mutations uh, that actually contribute uh, to how the genome looks uh, and why is population isolation such an important factor in this case? Uh if you take mitochondria, different region has a different mutation rate. Uh mitochondrial DNA is 16.5 kilobase in length, circular DNA. uh unlike the nuclear genome there is no intron all the genes are arranged one after the other uh on the other hand there is also a region called hypervariable region it's about uh, 1.5 kb in size so only that part is non coding mm-hmm. therefore the mutation rate is very high within that uh, hypervariable region so that helps if somebody wanted to look at uh immediate individual variations or uh, or population specific variation one can use that hypervariable to very uh, hypervariable region to find out this uh, difference but uh, somebody want to look for the evolutionarily uh, conserved variations they can be found only in the coding regions of the mitochondrial dna so those are the one which we use to trace back the evolution of different population they are very very uh, consistent in nature 
So you have mutations that happen in certain regions, what, once every few generations, once every few hundred years? Yeah. So there are mutations, for example, the hypervariable region is the one which has a very fast evolving mutation rate. Maybe once in 400 to 500 years, one can find the mutation. Whereas in the coding region, some region uh, can have mutation once in several uh, hundreds or several thousands of years. Okay. So that helps at uh, in various level of, or various uh, evolutionary stage, one can calculate uh, the age of the population. Okay. So in that sense, just like we have seen all these species trees, right? Evolutionary trees of various species. So what you're telling us that even within human beings, we can find something like an evolutionary tree of populations by looking at something like the mitochondrial DNA. Yes. So one can, uh, there's a uh, scientific term called as haplogroups. Okay. So based on specific mutation, the population or people can be grouped in a specific haplogroup. Okay. So that is based on the mutations right. in a mitochondrial DNA. Uh, for example, the two populations are very recently diverged. Uh, you can see the most of the mutation would be common between this group. There will be very few uh, uh, makes a difference. So, as I mentioned earlier, that different set of mutation will have different age. So, one can actually calculate or how many hundreds or how many thousand years back these two populations have diverged. Okay. So, so that's the advantage of using. And similarly, you can also find out about the male line via the Y chromosome. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, so sa same way, the, the Y chromosome also uh, can be used for constructing the haplogroups. So okay. So based on the different set of mutations. So we know that the Andamanese are among the oldest um, uh, human beings with a unique population discovered outside Africa. But who are we as Indians today? Then? Where did we come from? I know it's a grand question. There are all kinds of debates about Aryan invasion, migration. But what is the base of what uh, genetics is telling us? Yeah, it's, it's very interesting for everybody to know our about our own origin. Uh, so we all part of, uh, particularly those who are in South India, are part of the early human migration. Actually, uh, when the Andamanis were migrating, taking the southern coastal route, a group of them have stayed back in southern part of India. Okay. Uh, some migrated to Andaman Islands, some stayed there, some migrated further to Australia. Okay. If you look at Australian Aboriginals, Andamanis, and some populations, South India particularly, uh, population like those who are in Kerala, Kurumba, they all share a common genetic affinities. So okay. that tells that uh, this is the way they have all migrated. Um, in this process of studying uh, human uh, population genetics, we came to know that uh, the, the first modern human who settled in India are the one who migrated earlier as a part of uh, Andamanis migration, who settled in southern part of India, we call them as ancestral South Indians. Okay. Um, that is the first 
settlement in India's subcontinent. Then the second wave of migration brought people towards north who are also related to Middle Eastern and uh, Europeans whom we call as ancestral North Indians. Okay. And these two groups have gave rise to many populations and uh, this had happened for about uh, several thousands of years. Okay. Then during the last 2,000 to 4,000 years back, these two founding groups have admixed. Okay. Uh, this admixed, admixed means admixed they intermarried. Means they married. They, okay. There was a marriage pattern between ancestral South Indian and ancestral North Indians. Okay. This had happened for 2,000 years. After that, for the last 2,000 years, every single population started maintaining the endogamy marriage. Endogamy in the sense, marrying within, within the community or right. within the group. And because of that, so every single population is very unique now. Okay. And we don't know the, what was the reason why everybody started maintaining the endogamy or marrying within the population. One reason could be the caste system which uh, which arose around uh, 1000 to 1500 years must have put more pressure for every population to maintain the endogamy. Right. But the marriage pattern marrying within the group is much older than the caste system. Any uh, examples of that where we don't have caste but we still have this idea of marrying within the community? Uh, yes, there are many uh, issues, particularly if you go to the remote place where the ancestral tribal groups are there, particularly if you take even Andamanis. There are four tribal groups, Andamanis, who typically look like Africans, like Onge, Great Andamanis, Jarvas and Sentinelese. Uh, although they are all uh, typically look like Africans, but they marry within the group. They don't marry between the groups. Um, that's the best example. Who doesn't know anything about uh, caste system? <laughs> no, they still marry, uh, follow the uh, population-specific marriage. And does this make India unique in the world? Is this, do you see this level of endogamy that exists in other parts of the world? Uh, you don't see such kind of endogamy and such a large number of uh, population groups anywhere in the world. Uh, it has been well established now based on the uh, anthropological evidence. We have 4,635 population groups in wow. India. Wow. Uh, nowhere in the world you have such a huge human diversity. Uh, this diversity, uh, uh, in a way, uh, very unique. Unique in terms of population as a whole. And also the disease pattern is very unique when compared to other countries or other continent. That's mainly because of the population-specific marriage or the endogamy practice for the last 2,000 years. So comparatively, we'd say Europe, which might be of a similar side, might have only a few hundred such population yes. groups? Yes, okay. very few hundred, yes. Okay, so, and, so which means that there are specific uh, genetic problems within these communities and therefore studying India as a whole will not mean much until we study each of these. Yes, if somebody population. studies one or two population and uh, says that 
we have studied Indian uh, population. So that is not the right because we need to study every single population to understand the population history, particularly to understand the uh, disease or health aspects of uh, these populations. Uh, you know, it strikes me that apart from endogamy, uh, even till very recently, the I think the the pre-scientific notion was that uh, the lineage is patrilineal, right? So from your father's line. So even I think within endogamy, there was this idea of gothras within the caste system where you're supposed to marry outside the patrilineal line. But that would something like that have helped maintain some genetic diversity within a community or... If you consider in a long term, thousands of years, several generations, that may not really help. Because maybe a few generations, it may help. Again, it's going a circle. Right. Uh, one has to find partner from the same community. So that's what we are talking about. Right. And uh, they're not going to marry any anyone from outside that community. So it's, it's making a circle. Maybe it delays a little bit, but ultimately uh, all within the community. And also just to add, I think with the Gotra thing, you guys still have marriages within the family because so my aunt, when she gets married to somebody else, will have a different Gotra. So I might still be able to marry my cousin. So the DNA shared is still going to be there. Even the Gotra is different. I'm still married. And we've heard of cousin marriage within two generations of us in many, many communities, right? And so so what kind of problems can this cause? Yeah. yeah, so that's a very, very interesting uh, study which we did very recently to understand what is the impact, what would be the impact of this endogamy uh, which is being practiced by many communities in India. We took large number of samples, 275 population groups, okay. 2,800 samples, and tried to understand how two unrelated individuals share a common DNA stretch, we call it as haplotype. The reason is, if there is a DNA change, we call it as a mutation in the forefather, and if the mutation is called as recessive mutation, which would cause recessive disease in the sense, if the mutation is in one of the chromosomes, it will not cause any phenotypic change of an individual. Right. So the person remains healthy? Remains but, healthy. But it's like a carrier. It's right? a carrier. You can ah. call it as carrier. If two such individual, boy and girl, carry a mutation in one other chromosome, if they marry, there's a chance of 25% chance that they contribute the abnormal chromosome to the next generation. Therefore, right. there's a disease. Right. With this idea, if you look at the, we scientifically called as IBD score, identity by descent. If two unrelated individuals share a common uh, haplotype or DNA stretch is identical. If that carry a mutation, if the two unrelated individuals today, that means they are from the same common ancestor, thinking that they are not related and if they marry, that's when the problem is going to start. Okay. Such a condition 
is very very high among indians at least one third of the population which we analyzed out of 275 81 of them have high ibd score that means okay. the identity by descent score is very very high that means although today they are unrelated but several generation back they are related so the founder has the mutation or forefather or foremother has a mutation it would have circulated in this population and the frequency of that mutation must have increased and two of them who carry the mutation in heterozygous condition that means one chromosome is normal one is affected there's a chance that they marry and give rise to individual with the disease okay so that condition is high among indians if you compare to askenazi jewish population and finnish population these are the two population has been well studied for endogamy uh, endogamy and the impact of endogamy and large number of disease has been uh, reported and large number of mutation which are associated with the disease also been reported so it's very well known fact so we compared these two population with large number of indians we found large number of indians are several fold higher chance of having mutation and the disease compared to asgnas jewish population and finnish population that's very very dangerous so each one is even even worse than that <laughs> if you talk to talk about the disease pattern so large number of them although today we don't know how many of the populations are carrying the population specific disease but the genetic is reflecting that yes definitely there is a large number of population specific disease and most of them are not even come to the attention of the medical community it's very very sad uh, could you maybe give us a few examples of this the kinds of communities that you've studied over the last uh, several years the kinds of uh, diseases with strong genetic links now from what i understand there are many conditions from uh, diabetes to many cholesterol related illnesses which are very complex right i mean they have a genetic component they have environmental component our health history and all of this but there must be some which are pure genetic uh, diseases which i guess are easier to study uh, some disease like uh, the multifactorial disease like uh, diabetes or cardiovascular disease there are several genes are involved in uh, mm. in causing the disease in addition to the environmental factors our lifestyle and many more factors and also these diseases are common so if you take uh, 100 individual you will find at least 10 of them are diabetic or 5% of them are uh, cardiovascular disease and many more so the those are very common diseases so what we are talking is the rare and the population specific disease that mean the disease is restricted to only that population right so that kind of thing uh, you find one third of the population which you analyze are likely to have such kind of diseases tell sangra so uh, we started off with having two populations the ancestral south indian and the ancestral north indian who have admixed in various ways to create these different subpopulations uh that have now stayed endogamous for uh the past 2000 years do we have any understanding of uh when or how they might have picked up these unique uh mutations 
that are causing these diseases to be present in one population but not in the other where while they are in the same geography right so they are all within india yet we have different mutations that have turned up uh, is is one can predict the age of the mutation if we identify the mutation for example uh we identified a mutation which causes uh, this is called cardiomyopathy there's a 25 base pair deletion in a gene called myosin binding protein c3 mm-hmm. gene so we identified that mutation then we sequence the entire gene of human uh, and also entire gene of chimpanzee and based on the mutation rate we predicted that was probably uh, arose 33000 years back okay, okay. uh similarly if we identify a mutation response for disease we can able to uh, understand the age of the mutation mm-hmm. uh, but before that we actually have to identify the mutation which is responsible for the disease so yeah. that's a big challenge mm. so so tell us a little more about cardiomyopathy from this particular source uh, what did you find in indian populations the cardiomyopathy is uh, one of the heart muscle disease Uh, which uh, leads to sudden cardiac death and there are three different kind of cardiomyopathy one is a dilated cardiomyopathy where the ventricle is enlarged beyond uh, the normal size other one is hypertrophic cardiomyopathy the heart muscle become very thick uh, and the third one is uh, restrictive cardiomyopathy where the heart muscle become very stiff okay so because of these condition uh, the efficiency of the heart for pumping the blood goes down suddenly it stop functioning therefore sudden cardiac arrest uh, okay. people uh, collapse um we analyzed large number of individual particularly one of the mutation which we found uh, present in the myosin binding protein c3 gene there's a 25 base pair deletion uh, which actually removes one of the exon that's a, a coding region protein making region therefore the protein is truncated small size protein therefore it's unable to do its function right hence it leads to this kind of phenotype and the disease when we look for this mutation uh, in indian subcontinent we found on average about 4% of them are carrying this mutation okay in a heterozygous condition in a heterozygous condition earlier i mentioned that one chromosome is normal one is with the mutation right when the individual carry the mutation heterozygous condition they live up to 40 or 45 years without any symptoms but after 45 years suddenly either uh, they are running or playing or cycling they may collapse and uh, on the spot they may uh, have to lose their life but in the mutation exists in the homozygous condition that means both the copy of the chromosome carry the mutation the individual die at very very early age less than 10 years uh, that we have uh, shown by looking at uh, the postmortem tissue of the children who died because of the sudden cardiac arrest so we found okay. a large number of them carrying the mutation in a homozygous condition okay when we try to look for its distribution along the india as i mentioned earlier it is uh, in existing almost in every state at 4.5% then we try to look uh, for how it is distributed all over the world and to our surprise we found that this mutation is restricted to only to south asian population 
but not in the other countries or on the other continent suggesting that indians and south asians have very unique set of mutation which is not present in any other country um this is one example similarly there are several examples for many diseases suggesting that particularly if you take cardiovascular disease uh the frequency of individual with the cardiovascular disease were quite high in india so this could be reason why we are more prone for cardiovascular diseases similarly there are many examples there are this research from say the united states about how the african american population in the us might suffer from a higher rate of diabetes so similarly any uh, examples of how individual communities in india um, have a higher predilection for one disease or another uh, one of the example could be the vaishyas so vaishyas are a small community in uh, andhra pradesh now they are also in telangana so they are for the last several years following a very strict endogamy and uh, several years ago has been found that they have a problem of pseudocholesterol enzyme deficiency so because of that uh, when somebody from vaishya goes to uh, hospital for surgery if the regular anesthesia is given to them most often they may not come out of the anesthesia because of certain unique mutation which is not been found so far every drug which we take there are genes which metabolize breaks down the, therefore we will come out of the anesthesia after some time right but here because of the mutation they are unable to metabolize the drug and they, therefore they are in the impact of the drug for very very long period and may leads to paralysis okay so although the gene has not been identified yet or the mutation has not been identified yet but what we found was for the last 108 generation this particular population is following the endogamy marriage okay so there is no gene flow on both the sides that means that they are not marrying anybody from outside and bring them into uh, their community the same way nobody is going out of this community and uh, marrying outside otherwise this condition would have changed okay so this is one example there are several examples where you can see that there's a regional specific diseases for example handikudu disease there's a place called handikudu in karnataka uh in that place most of them are with disease uh where their bone both the hands and uh, leg bones are bent uh, and mostly they are in short stature um because very unique condition that's why is named after the village as a handikudu disease this again that regional specific probably some founding mutation which makes everybody in the village or most of them in the village are with this particular disease so there are several examples one can uh, uh, and i'm sure there are thousands more that need to be researched yes so uh, so these are the one which is uh, just come out now there are many more for example some diseases uh, some 
mutation which may leads to very early death premature death uh, there's no way that that information is reaching to medical community or any health uh, officials uh, in the village setup if somebody dies one or two they're not going to report anywhere so like that i'm sure that there could be many many more conditions in uh, uh, in indian subcontinent and also other south asian country because so india contributed about 50% of the genetic material to our nearby south asian countries so the okay. condition what we see in india is not only restricted to india so we also expect that in south asian countries and by south asia you mean not just pakistan nepal and sri lanka but also maybe indonesia right because we have so a population so those who are migrated recently from india to uh, other countries southeast asian countries like uh, indonesia one can also see that there are some condition where indians settled in london for several generations right uh, have been found with a specific mutation causing to neuromuscular disease mm. and in their health record on the database they didn't find this mutation when they try to uh, when i collaborate with them they try to uh, understand the origin of this mutation uh, so they asked me to look into the patients from our collections and found of course we didn't find any of those individuals any of the individual who Uh, have a similar disease carrying that mutation that could be some very unique mutation restricted to that population so we don't have the population information to go back and check it on the other hand there's also uh, one example where in europe they have found a mutation which is responsible for microcephaly okay okay so they Shunk are indian types. origin hmm. uh they try to understand about the origin of that mutation basically they are from sri lanka so we don't have sri lankan sample so they try to uh, understand whether that mutation is existing here we found uh, in our populations uh 3 out of some few thousand individual carrying that mutation so of course we didn't see uh the impact of that but similar mutation we also found in south india so is not only useful to india and also useful to uh, indians who are living in other countries so uh, dr thangraj um, if the finnish population and the ashkenazi jew population um, the jewish population which is one i guess both are more financially well off than most of our communities in india and the problems have been better studied uh, are there any systems that they have set up to help manage uh, these kinds of problems where say there is a risk of two people getting married and passing on a recessive gene to a child is there yeah. any p- way to prevent yeah that? yeah uh, particularly the ashkenazi jewish so they have uh, organization called uh, door ashram and this organization for the last several years so they have made a database of the children so they, they go to school collect the samples blood samples from the children sequence them put it in their database and when the children grow and they come to the stage uh, the boy and girl uh, want to marry and they go to the organization door restroom 
and identify that boy identify a girl this is the girl i want to marry then actually they check go back to the database check their dna sequence whether both of them carry a same mutation uh, because the system is well established they sequence all the disease condition they identify the mutation so they can just go back and look whether both boy and girl having the same mutation if they have the mutation they advise not to marry first <laughs> even they wish to marry they say that okay this is the problem you have this mutation both of them in heterozygous condition uh they explain that what would be the consequences if you marry there's a chance of 25% having children with the disease so you better use the prenatal diagnostic test every time and see whether uh the mutation exists in the homozygous condition the fetus or not if there's a homozygous mutation absolutely true that uh, they are going to have a child with the disease uh if the heterozygous condition no problem as a carrier like both the parents so right. there will not be any problem so they they can continue so that way one can actually predict the health condition or actually uh, give a better future generation uh without the disease so in this way the askenazi jewish populations have eliminated couple of disease from the population itself wow. so by looking at carefully uh with the counseling and so on so that is the one which actually need a country like india where we have seen that most of the indians are having uh, several fold higher chance than the askenazi jewish population to have a population specific disease In the Indian context, Dr. Sangaraj, would you advise this to be done at a population level? So the 5,000-odd sub-populations that we have, yes. uh, they should do this individually for their own communities. Yeah, it would be better to do uh, uh, all the populations. And if not all the population, at least the population where it would be a good idea to begin with the population where we identified most of the population population. which has a high high bd score so that's the first step then go to the next step to expand the study to cover almost all the population so of course there's a cost involvement is very high in this but it's worth spending now to avoid future generation with uh, so many diseases i like what you said that you know usually we talk about healthcare or we talk about preventive health but what you're talking to us about is actually about predictive health right we can actually yes. anticipate what might come correct. take corrective measures or at least keep our eyes open That's for uh, something that is yeah. upcoming yeah it's, it's both predictive as well as a pre- preventive medicine so okay. you first predict yes you have a mutation which may lead to the disease then is going to prevent so predict then prevent uh, and give a uh, healthy generation to to the future so um, just a couple of questions uh, at the end uh, dr thangaraj you said that this will cost a lot of money uh, could you just give us a, a sense of how much doing a full genome sequencing costs today uh, so full genome would cost few lakhs rupees okay um but rather than going to full genome for everybody uh, we can actually target only the exomes because okay. the exomes are the one which is coding region 
responsible for making protein which is essential for all the function so we can actually target only the all the coding region which may cost around 25000 to 30000 rupees per individual okay then we don't have to sequence all the individuals of the same population you can select initially based on the phenotype few families maybe let's talk about 100 individuals who are with the disease and their parents once we sequence all these 100 individuals identify the mutation so that can be screened in all the population right. so once they have the data in hand then we can actually counsel them whom they should marry whom they should not marry or even if they are very strong that they don't want to uh, follow <laughs> the non endogamy practice yes okay you can follow but one can do the prenatal diagnosis to avoid the fetus uh, with Uh, homozygous mutation so that way if you practice this for few generation you can actually end up in getting the very healthy uh, population in the future today you may be investing a huge amount of money but it's all will save what we are going to uh, spending in treating the patients rather than treating the abnormal patient spend money to avoid all complications to have a healthy generations uh, thank you so much dr thangaraj as it's good that we are having this conversation in 2018 because this is also a time where i think health has become a political subject for perhaps the first time in indian history individual famines individual diseases were always captured uh, public imagination yes but the idea that now we are talking about be it ayushman bharat or universal uh, insurance or something yeah. uh, to me it is a sign that health is a subject whose time has come in india yes i agree and, and you know bold new policies need to be formulated absolutely I... and uh, here's to hoping that we understand the human india's population and its genetic diversity well so that uh, we can manage our healthcare much better yeah thank you thank you very much that's a, it's a great view to have something of this sort which would be even more better if this reaches to the public and reaches to the government so that some positive information comes and would be helpful for the future generation Tangaraj, I mean, it has been great having you here, and your research clearly underscores uh, all of this predictive medicine that going forward would really be beneficial to the country. I wanted to ask how many other research groups in India or worldwide actually do this kind of research focused on the Indian population. For the Indian population study, not many. Um, uh, Professor Patamajumdar's group uh, in Calcutta does it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Uh, but linking both the population and the health mm. is not in many places i guess some groups work on the genetic links to disease yes and maybe some others work on just population and public yeah. health yes right so and, but this Connecting, is bridging the yeah, two yes bridging the two so we okay. clearly need more research that kind yes. of bridges this Yeah. to be able to get a clearer picture of what india yeah. is going forward right. so on a personal note then dr tangaraj how did you get interested in doing this kind of research yeah we started uh, about 20 years back actually during my mphil i did some population study 
PhD, of course, uh, it's entirely different cytogenetics aspects of mental retardation. So uh, I've been doing genetic study right from my MPhil and PhD days. And when I joined CCMB, there's an opportunity. Uh, uh, I joined with the Lalji Singh, who initiated some of the population studies. So at that time onwards, so we initiated and uh, we established large number of collaboration within India with several um, universities and colleges where students used to come and do the dissertation work who bring the sample from their own place otherwise collecting such a huge number of samples is very difficult so each one used to come with 100 samples from different <laughs> community so do the work and we used to publish uh, the study along with the students then then the remain uh, the, the DNA remains a part of CCMB that's why we have huge collections of the samples so uh, Dr. Thangaraj, thank you again for uh, coming on the show. It was an absolute pleasure to have you. And it was an absolute pleasure to talk to you about everything from human history <laughs> to modern healthcare challenges. Yeah. Thank, thank you. you very thank much. You. And uh, it was my pleasure to be here. Thank you for staying with us till the end. If you have any questions for Dr. Thangaraj or for us, do write in to podcast at thinkpragati.com. Visit our website at thinkpragati.com for your daily dose of brain fodder on all things public policy. You can subscribe to the Pragati podcast on the IBM podcast app or wherever else you get your podcasts from. We're there everywhere. Look, up in the internet, it's a meme. No, it's a cat video. No, it's the Geek Fruit Podcast. That's right. We interrupt this riveting broadcast to tell you about our show, the Geek Fruit Podcast, where Tejas, Dinkar, and I, Jishnu, talk about everything in pop culture, including DC, Marvel, Star Wars, Netflix, and everything in between. You know how your friends hate it when you ramble about some nerdy crap and you just want somebody to listen to you? Well, sorry, there's nothing we can do about that, but come listen to us ramble and it'll almost be like the real thing. Kind of. Listen to new episodes of the Geek Fruit Podcast every Monday and the Geek Fruit Bulletin every Thursday on iTunes, Google Podcasts, the IVM app, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy listening, you nerds. If you have any questions in your life, if you have any questions in your life, then you will not be able to show you this podcast. This podcast is Sun Logi, Yes, uh, I am Sonu. Hello, pleased to make our meeting. I am a super reality celebrity or दुनिया के कोई भी प्रॉब्लम नहीं है जो सेलिब्रिटी सॉल्व नहीं कर सकते तो मैं आपके सारे प्रॉब्लम्स का हलाइजेशन एंड सॉल्वाइजेशन कर दूंगा तो जी हां सोचिए मत जरूर सुनिए सुन लो जी सोलोलॉजी हर बुधवार दैट इज वेडनेसडे प्लीज लाइक आई शेयर आई स्कबैटलाइज अगर आपके पास कोई भी प्रॉब्लम्स है सोनो को बताइए सोनो सारे प्रॉब्लम सॉल्व कर सकता है इसी तरह तो मैं सुपर सेलिब्रिटी बना हूं